Wow, that started faster than uh, normal. I, I thought we were going to wait here for like 10 seconds. The whole thing would, you know, uh, start encoding and all this stuff. And then we'd be looking the wrong direction at each other. And it, it, how we ever always start uh, the show. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and then we try to point hey, this Frank. way. Hey, yeah. No, uh, hey, maybe something's going to go right today. Uh, maybe this show's going to go right. Maybe we're going to get some good predictions in. Uh, we got 15 games to predict because Regions 1 and 2 decided to finally wake up and give us some really great games. Not that they didn't have some good games already, but these are some really top-notch games going on in Regions 1 and 2 coming up uh, this Saturday. Yep, uh, Region okay. 6 has a big one, obviously, in the Wii Act, but uh, I'm really looking at the, uh, 1 and 2 for most of the drama. One thing, though, JB, I wanted to call your attention to something here. I, I can't believe how natural you look in our little uh, promo here. I mean, you look natural in this uh, role. Are, are you a biker you know, at all? I am in a rock band. I, I'm in a rock band, Frank. So, uh, you know, I think it's just the fact that my giant face is easy to Photoshop onto pretty much anything. You know, with the glasses. Uh, yeah, it looks... I mean, uh, me and the uh, right there, well I, I look like I got on my three-piece suit and uh, decided to jump on a bike or something. I don't know what the hell happened to me over there. But uh, you you just look like you're like, hey, I'm here, guys. And just so you know, the, right. the, the sunglasses are natural. They actually belong in that picture on you, uh, in that picture. So, I mean, you came dressed hey. for the occasion correctly. Uh, anyway, uh, actually, let's go back to that for a second. Let's talk about the content of it. Uh, Kings Western Reserve at Grove City, Westminster at Carnegie Mellon. Those are the games we'll be attending. Uh, or I will be, and you'll be through me, I guess, or something like that. 2 yep. o'clock on uh, Saturday is the first game. Grove City is going to have their homecoming parade and everything going on as I arrive, I'm sure. And Westminster is going to be visiting Carnegie Mellon. Thankfully, the pit game starts at 8.30 or thereabouts, so or 8 o'clock. So I might be able to get there without having major traffic issues but needless to say uh, a very busy day in the pack as we're calling it leaders of the pack uh, weekend we'll explain a little bit more what that means or why we're calling it that yeah. coming up in this show uh and we've got uh ed raby here uh, coming on this show in a little bit and uh we've got some uh fun stuff planned for that one but you know morrisville state uh, a team that's you know, what, surprisingly to a lot of people, 4-0. I don't think that's a secret. It's a surprise to a lot of people. That's starting but, uh, program history, man. They're, yeah. they're off to a great, yeah. Well, I hate to tell you, you can't do any better than 4-0, so it better be the best start in program history. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, gosh. Anyway, uh, you know, they, they kudos to them. Uh, they, they were challenged again by uh, St. Lawrence earlier in the season and everything. Uh, what was it, 17-15, I think, final in that game? Yep. So, you know, they've gotten through some hurdles to get a huge one to come through. We'll talk to Coach Rabian a little bit about that. So, look, folks, we have huge games. We're going to go to our first slide right after we start our show the normal way we do. As I say, welcome to our preview show for Week 5, Season 15 of In the Huddle.
So we're just going to jump right into that slide about uh, regions one and two here, and I'm going to let you take it away and tell the folks about some of the huge games in those two regions. Well, just like last week, you only get one on Friday night, and that's WestCon against UMass Dartmouth. The Corsairs are hosting the now called Wolves of Western Connecticut down in Danbury from my home state. Um, that's a seven o'clock kickoff. But then, yeah, look at Saturday's slate of games. Del Val versus Stevenson, basically for first place in the MAC. Ithaca versus Hobart, first place in the Liberty League. Morrisville versus Cortland, first place in the Empire 8, although Utica, who's also 4-0, might want to argue that a little bit. We'll get into that a little later. Westminster versus Park Carnegie Melgan, first place in the pack. Your Sinus versus Susquehanna, teams that are trying to get to the top of the Centennial Conference. That's kind of a first place game too. Plymouth State, one of the very few and, and yet still undefeated New England teams is taken on Framingham State, who dropped one to UMass Dartmouth. And, and so can the Rams play spoiler to the Panthers? We'll see. And then in the service academy world, we've got Coast Guard versus Norwich. You can see the little helmet behind my shoulder here for the mug. That is, a, um, that is an old rivalry game, a little trophy game between the Coast Guard, who has this guy named McMillian, who scores some McMillian touchdowns, Frank. And so, hey, we, we both like Del Val and Stevenson as, as, the, as the game of the week for, for Region 1. And then well, we'll talk a little bit about Region 2 in, in a bit, but just a huge slate of games, particularly in the 1 and 2. Well, why wait to uh, talk about Region 2? Morrisville State at Cortland State. I mean, what more do you need to talk about right now? At least, That's well, we've got a couple yeah. pack games where I'm attending. But uh, let's uh, bring... is moving up the rankings. Yes, they are. Uh, the Greg Thomas had re-ranked uh, the conferences. Let's bring in Coach Raby at this point and talk to him about how Morrisville hey, State got to this point. Good morning, Coach. Good morning. How are we doing? We're good, and uh, you're good. You're, you guys uh, are uh, definitely surprising a lot of folks out there. And probably not a surprise to you. You know what you got in terms of the horses over there. Uh, no pun intended. But, uh, you know, Coach, how did we uh, get to this point? I mean, what is making this season, in your opinion, the success it is uh, with the undefeated start that you have here? Well, I think it starts all the way back at the beginning of the, of the year, uh, second semester, when I officially got the head coaching job, I sat down with the team and we talked about some of the things that went wrong last year and how we're going to change it. And basically, you know, I always tell people it's nothing fancy. We got back to our process. You know, we, we talked about committing to the, the weight room, being focused fanatically on the fundamentals of football and spring ball. And then in the summer, making sure that we continue to progress when the coaches aren't around. Uh, we also talked about getting closer as a team. And if you can play for each other and not for yourself, it, it just becomes more important. So it was the time investment, the culture change. We kind of just recommitted to the process that we had here back when we were having some success in 2018 and 2019. Well, you also had a little success at the end of 2021, Coach. A lot of people may have forgotten because it's last year, but you guys knocked off at the time a Brockport team that was on the verge of winning the Empire Eight. How did that that win in Week Ten sort of change maybe the perception of your players? The, the sort of propel your program into the direction that it's headed now. Yeah, I do think that win was important. For we were a very young team last year. We had, I think, only forty guys that had been through a college football season going into that year out of one hundred and twenty. So. 
Uh, our, our defense started playing really well at the end of the year last year. Our offense started figuring out how to play complementary football. Brockport's a great program. You have to play a certain way to win that game. And what our players saw is that when we didn't focus on the outcome, right, we just focused on playing one play at a time and executing our fundamentals, the outcome takes care of itself. So that definitely springboarded us into the offseason and, and showed our guys that we can be successful if we do the right things. Well, it's uh, working. And uh, one thing I've uh, noticed is I, I did the deep dive this morning uh, to kind of look at what the anatomy of this is. Your defense, uh, the number of points you're giving up per game is uh, pretty special right now. Uh, in a uh, conference uh, you know that you're going to be starting to play in that has a lot of offense at times, uh, no doubt. Uh, you know, Cortland coming up and uh, they... Would we have the lap counter uh, a few weeks ago with uh, JJ Lapp's uh, catches and yards and touchdowns and everything else? But you know, it, it seems like the focus, or not necessarily focus, but the specialty right now is defense for your team. How important is that going to be against a team like Cortland? Frank asking the obvious questions on a Friday morning, so go right ahead and tell me how obvious that answer should be. Yeah, I mean, well, Cortland's going to be a big challenge for us. They score basically 60 points a game. I think they're almost 600 yards a game. I think for us defensively, it, it, you know, we've been playing very well. We play very fundamentally sound. We don't do a lot on defense. We focus on the, the simple stuff, get off blocks, run ball tackling. And the thing with Cortland's offense is they've got, by my count, six, seven guys that anytime they touch the ball, they can take it all the way to the end zone. So tackling is going to be very critical in this game. Our defense has had some success too because of our offense we're playing very complimentary football you know part of our strategy is to shorten the game limit possessions and our offense has done a great job of that we have not turned the ball over all year long and we've been a plus on the turnover margin every game so it's not just the defense that allows us to be successful defensively our offense and our special teams has been critical to that as well Coach, one of the things that I think I've realized over the last few years is that, you know, a lot of you guys recruit the same players, particularly in, in region. So even though, you know, maybe fans like me are sort of like, hey, where did the Zach boys come from? You know, the, the now quarterback of Cortland State, you probably talked to him in high school. You probably seen his high school film. You knew that, you know, he was a special player. Tell me a little bit about like what, how you've seen him progress. And are you, are I'm assuming you're not surprised that he's kind of stepped in after, uh, Bree Segala uh, graduated and, and moved on. Yeah, I mean, certainly he was a great player coming out of high school, uh, and I'm not surprised he's doing well. Last year, one of the things that they had that went for, well for Cortland, right, they they won a lot of blowouts. And so one of the things that happened is Zach Boyce got to play a lot of football, which I think really helped spur his development into this year, getting the opportunity to start. He also happens to have, in my opinion, one of the best quarterback coaches in the country and Coach Fitzpatrick. So when you combine that with his natural talent and his ability to get game reps last year, it's not surprising that he's playing as well as he is. Coach Fitzpatrick, uh, I think you know the guy a little bit. Um, obviously, this is not the first time you're facing off against each other, but it's the first time you're facing off against each other with kind of this much on the line between the two teams. Um have you guys been talking to each other? I mean, explain to folks what your relationship with him is, especially since he left Morrisville State uh, and uh, went to uh, not greener pastures because they're not green over there. They're they're red. Uh, so he didn't go to greener pastures. I don't know what that was. But uh, no, after leaving for Cortland, I mean, have you maintained the relationship with him and everything? 
Oh, absolutely. You know, we're friends. Uh, the truth is I wouldn't be sitting here today if it wasn't for Coach Fitz. Uh, Coach Fitz gave me an opportunity when I was 27 years old to be a coordinator back when I thought I knew everything but didn't know anything, you know, type of thing. So I got to learn from him. He, Like I said, he's one of the best coaches in the country, and he was a great mentor. Taught me a lot about how to be a coordinator, how to organize. And really the best thing he taught me was just how to maintain a process to, to being successful. So that's been big. We're certainly friends. I mean, we still stay in touch and our kids were born. My first child was born 10 days before his, right? So we kind of went through that together here at Morrisville. And, you know, we have a special relationship there. Our wives know each other. So yeah, we're definitely still friends. We haven't talked much this week. Uh, I think that's just the nature of it, but we talk to each other quite often. And uh, I'm always rooting for those guys over there when they're not playing Morrisville. Frank, JB. Uh, Kurt Fitzpatrick here from Cortland. Thanks for allowing me to uh, contribute to today's show. You guys got to have a great um, featured guest and Coach Raby. Uh, Coach, you got you've done a great job. Happy for for all of your team successes. Um, you're a great friend, but in, but an even better coach. Um, excited for the game this weekend. Uh, I can't stay on here too long, uh, or else I'm, I'm I'm afraid we'd be we'd be giving away the game plan. Uh, <laughs> for Saturday, I would never, I would never want to give away any, any secrets to what we have planned uh, for the game. So, uh, best of luck, safe travels, and we will see you on Saturday. Take care, buddy. Take care, Fitz. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> Frank, you're on mute. Uh, I'm still cracking up. Oh. He's got you're the trip watched up thing. Yeah, yeah. Of course he does. Oh boy, yeah, that was so funny when Frank showed me the video because, like, you can see over his, you, you know, he's kind of playing a little bit with the triple option. I'm like, come on, are the dragons going to run the triple option? Probably not, but that was, I thought that was really clever. I, 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 I was just saying it, my microphone was off. I, I, yesterday he sent that over and I, I, I'm crying again. It's I, I, so funny because you don't expect what he's about to do in that thing. But I mean, what kind of character is he in real life? I, I, seen both sides of him i've seen the hey uh the absolute dog on the field on that sideline getting into the players faces and everything else but he also seems to have like this funny side to him i mean is that accurate does he kind of have the best of yeah. both yeah absolutely i mean it's funny because if they were to run the triple option and not throw the ball to number four and number 15 <laughs> tomorrow that'd be nice right um <laughs> no yeah he's he's uh he's a very you know fierce competitor i think is the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Coach Fitz, but great friend, very funny. I mean, we had fun when we worked here together and, uh, you know, certainly miss miss that time sitting down and, and uh, talking like we used to. And Coach Roch is over there, too, the offensive coordinator used to be here at Morrisville. So we're all good friends. Obviously, this week we're competing against each other. We're all competitors. And so, uh, you know, you take a little break from the friendship for a few for a week here. So, A.B., go ahead. About two and a half hours on a Saturday isn't much, but you know, well, I'm 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 pulling for the Mustangs, Coach. Um, I don't think I've ever brought it up on the show before because my uh, my cousin Sarah, who's about ten years younger than me, is a Morrisville graduate. She went to um, she went to SUNY Morrisville okay. and got her degree. And she's down here in Florida, and we fortunately have ridden out the storm. It's, uh, it's a beautiful sixty degree something day. And so we're, we're all good, um, at least in this part of the state. So, thank, you know, not, knock on wood, thankfully, that wasn't too, too big a deal. But, I mean, without giving any of the, the company secrets away, 
are you guys just going to play sort of Morrisville football? Is that your is that the is that the approach to taking on a team like Cortland, or is there certain things you need to do, like you said, because of all these offensive weapons that you're going to need to 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 adjust a little bit to to take on these this Dragon team? Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be a big challenge. I mean, everyone talks about their offense right now. Their defense is very good as well. So, I think you know defensively, it's hard to say. I mean, they they have like I said six, seven guys, you can give them the ball at any time they could take it all the way. So, you, you know, you can't just pinpoint one guy. So ultimately what it's going to come down to defensively is executing fundamental football. You know, we have to get off blocks. We have to pursue. We have to tackle. And on offense, we've got to protect the football, you know, find a way to get some explosive plays and understand that in this game, right, there's going to be good and bad that happen. So being able to maintain a, a level of focus, one play at a time type mentality, is going to be very important. It's going to be – we're going to have our hands full. I mean, they're they're the defending Empire 8 champs. They they look the part. There's no doubt about it. It's not going to be easy, but nothing nothing worth earning is ever easy. So it's just one play at a time. We're not going to worry about the outcome. We're going to just, just try to execute. I think in honor of the video, you need to create a play in today's final practice before everything called Fitzy. And what's called the Fitzy dive, uh, get a triple option type play and dive up the middle, uh, j- just to you know call it out there and see if he realizes uh, what he did and see if maybe he can get 50 yards on the on the darn play, catch him off guard. Uh, I, I, try it, see how it works. Don't let me know if it doesn't. <laughs> uh, but anyway, coach, you know it's you had the interesting uh, dilemma or scenario with COVID, especially because uh, it really did prevent you from getting kind of the engines revving uh, when you were going to take things over. We had talked to him as he went over to Cortland. But, I mean, how difficult was it, or did it help you maybe uh, establish yourself when you couldn't really move forward in that year the way that you wanted to, taking over that head job? I mean, it was very difficult. Uh, the timing, I got the, the job basically in February, and then COVID hit in March. Uh, with all the staff turnover, it was honestly, it was me and our offensive coordinator, Matt Rogers. It was just two of us for about a year, you know, and so we're recruiting with just two coaches. We're trying to manage the COVID situation with two coaches. So it was very challenging. I think that ultimately, because we went through that, because of last year, we were able to assess some of the things that we didn't do so well. And I made a lot of mistakes as a head coach the first few years. So we were able to correct ourselves. You know, maybe if COVID doesn't happen, you know, we had a very talented team when that hit. Maybe it doesn't play out that way and we're not as self-critical. So ultimately everything happens for a reason. You know, we, we, we pushed through it. We maintained our process and ultimately it's led to where we are now. We have a lot of great leaders, twenty over 20 seniors. So that's a huge part of our success this year. So, um, you know, it, it was worth it. It was a tough, tough journey. But at the end of the day, you just keep playing one day at a time. Well, coach, it's, it sounds like though you, you've had a lot of um, you've had a lot of support not from only the coaching staff of the players, but there's somebody that I have I've noticed on on social media named Olivia who seems to be an awfully big fan of you and 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 the Mustangs. She's always tweeting, retweeting stuff. I mean, we all know that at the end of the day that the coaches' wives are the real MVPs, right? Tell us a little bit about yes. her and how she's been during this whole process. Oh, she's amazing. I mean, she she does it all. She's the head coach of the household. I mean, she you have two two kids and 
they're amazing kids, but she, she does it all. I mean, during the football season, she jokes, she's kind of my secretary, you know, because she's taking care of all the other stuff that's not football related. And she's the hugest fan. I mean, I met her as a football coach and I remember going through the process of, Hey, you got to go through some seasons before I, before I propose, you know, and she's always been my number one fan, always loyal, you know, and she's really into it and our kids are really into it. So it's not always easy, but she is definitely one of the most loyal people you can have by your side. And I'm very grateful of that. You know, Coach, it, it, it's great that you started uh, the way you've started this season because we've always seen you kind of uh, pushing out our uh, social media activity and whatnot. You've always been a big fan of the show, we could tell. And it's great to finally get to introduce you to the uh, D3 Nation uh, the right way because you've been definitely grinding at it in uh, Morrisville here. And, uh, you know, win, lose, or draw. The, the start cannot be taken away from your team this Saturday. And uh, there's a lot of Empire 8 games to be played no matter what happens here. So win or lose, uh, we've got a lot more excitement to go. But what a way to start uh, Empire 8 play than with a battle of two undefeateds. We're going to wish you good luck. Wish Coach Fitzpatrick good luck, too, uh, as he's in front of the show. And at the end of the day, I hope you guys get to give each other a big hug regardless of what happens on that field. Awesome. And thank you guys for everything you guys do for Division Three football. Honestly, it's a huge deal. We really appreciate what you do, and I appreciate you having me on. Anytime. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Thank you. Coach Ed Raby. All right. Got to love that uh, uh, Fitzpatrick uh, video. Got to love the camaraderie between uh, f friends uh, and, you know, former colleagues at, uh, at Morrisville State and everything else. It's great. Uh, JB, uh, this game is on our slide here uh, on one and two. I'll let you talk a little bit more about two. Well, yeah, so obviously Morrisville Cortland is going to really have a big say in, in what happens in the Empire 8. Obviously, Utica still also undefeated in the equation, but this will sort of set the stage. For me, Ithaca Hobart is a big deal. You know, obviously, I've <laughs> got the flag behind me. And as an alum, um, sort of hoping for the best here. Ithaca looks like a juggernaut. And it wouldn't surprise me if we got to the end of the season and the Cortica Jug game between Cortland and Ithaca was between two top 15, maybe nationally ranked teams, both undefeated. We'll see what happens. Um, I think the one thing that Hobart has on its side is it's got a lot of young players on defense that Ithaca hasn't seen before. They'll watch the film, obviously, but there's some some younger players that they're not as familiar with. Maybe that, that'll help. Hobart hasn't lost at home since 2018 when they lost to Ithaca 10 to three in, in uh, week 10. Um, so, We'll, we'll see. It's, it, it, this weekend is going to be a homecoming weekend for a lot of colleges across the country. Um, I know your alma mater union's having a homecoming weekend. I think actually the, the big game that's out in Wisconsin between lacrosse and Whitewater is also a homecoming game. There's going to be homecoming stuff going on kind of across the nation. So a little more pomp and circumstance. And it'll be it'll it'll kind of add to the um, add to these games because instead of maybe five or 600 people in the stands, there'll be like 3,000, 4,000 or something. So that, that'll definitely uh, make the, the weekend even more exciting. I'm glad you're wearing purple because it's the Balsa Spa High School's uh, homecoming tonight in purple. Terriers? Is, uh, is that what they're? Scotties? Uh, Scotties. 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 Yep, you got it. Scotties, all right. Yep. They're kind of like and Carnegie Mellon a little bit. Not the, not the Tartans, but they, they've got that little... They got the little Scotty uh, thing. You you should get a you should get a Carnegie Mellon T-shirt, Frank, when you're when you go to Pittsburgh this weekend. You know there there may be a possibility. Coach Larson, uh, 
he he he's already uh, on it. He's on it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. See, uh, no, he 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 actually he saw our leaders of the pack uh, thing yesterday and hit us up right away to say, "Are you really coming?" And I was like, "Yeah." And it will be 25 years, literally 25 years since I've been to Carnegie Mellon Stadium in 1997, oh. which was my second year of coverage, uh, full time coverage uh, in Division Three, uh, in terms of uh, Union College's broadcaster back then, and got to oh. see. Uh, some memories I definitely have from that game, actually. The late Jim Cohan, uh, I remember doing backflips on the field after Union came back in a big way. <laughs> but they were, yeah. they, as much as jubilation on that Saturday, that next day, Sunday, back when there was only 16 teams in the tournament, they were left out in a year when they probably mm-hmm. should have been uh, put in because uh, there were a lot of politics back then about how it, everything worked. If you think, if and, you don't and, like the way things are now, changed. folks... Well, no, it, it's better. It's better than yeah. it used to be. Because yeah. you get, do More get automatic bids now. Yep, exactly. If you win your conference, you're in. And you, you get that assurance at that point. That didn't exist back in the old days. Anyway, neither here nor there. I'm going to give you a chance to talk about Regions 3 and 4. Well, yeah, so the big game in, in Region 3 is going to be Barry at Birmingham Southern. Man, if I could just shoot up to... Alabama for a quick thing with um, <laughs> it's te- it's tempting because that's going to be a huge game in the SAA, basically a once again a first place sort of conference championship type feel to it. The Vikings have been the long-standing SAA champs for many years. They obviously um, you know fell off in 21 and Trinity took over, but this game could determine if there's an extra pool C team down here in the southeast that that makes it in. Last year, Birmingham Southern was able to, to get into the tournament uh, because they, they finished second in the SAA. They have a chance to do it here. They just have to take care of a strong Vikings team that's coming in with a lot to prove after what was a disappointing um, 2021 season. Bellhaven versus Methodist is funny, Frank, because we've been kind of getting alerts that this game is going to be on Friday at noon, and then, no, it's going to be <laughs> Saturday. So because of the storm, um, you know, there, there was a little back and forth in that, but that, that game is back on Saturday. DePaul versus Denison is a huge game in the NC, in the NCAC, easy for me to say. Once again, two undefeated teams, pretty much a conference championship type or first place on the line kind of thing. Um, and then there's also some other ones, uh, and one that you brought to my attention, Alma versus Trine in the MIAA, both undefeated teams. I, I didn't have Alma on my radar. I knew about Trine because they've been, you know, they've been doing pretty well and undefeated. But quietly, Alma is sort of here in the background, and they're going to challenge the Thunder uh, for first place. And so, it looks like we agree on the Barry versus Birmingham Southern in, in the three. Um, but we have a couple of different picks in the in the four. Um, I like I like the I like the the big red after that crazy win that they had over over Wabash. But we'll talk about that more in predictions coming up. Yeah, for me, uh, Trine is the the bigger game because I think Trine is really rubbing things up here. Uh, the Thunder are rolling a little bit, and this game is going to really I think determine for me whether or not this is real or if uh, you know they got lucky and they're out of conference slate uh, if they win this game they're making a statement i think that the thunder are back here a little bit so we'll see uh where this one Absolutely. goes yep and uh for as much as we have a little disagreement on this page we have no disagreement whatsoever in regions <laughs> five and six in terms of what the games of the week are take it away yeah i mean as far as like the national headlines these are the real this is you know 
one A and one B uh, between Whitewater and Lacrosse, a, a, a battle of basically two top ten teams. The winner of this game is going to probably be the the We or Wyack champ and go into the playoffs and probably even contend for a national championship. Lacrosse uh, feels like they they have a, a team this season that can knock off the Warhawks finally. And then, you know, over in Chicagoland, we got Wheaton against North Central in the Little Brass Bell uh, game, which was fantastic last season. And it was a real back and forth affair between Wheaton and um, North Central. We'll have to see if if um, that Thunder from Illinois can, you know, can rattle the Cardinals a little bit. Should be a great one. Well done, my friend. Uh, and... I uh, look forward to our predictions, but we're not going there quite yet. We're actually establishing a new feature here uh, because we realized over time how much production value Division Three is beginning to uh, employ in terms of uh, you know videos and hype uh, and whatnot. And so uh, what we're going to do each week when we're uh, allowed with the opportunity with time to do it is pick out our favorite hype video or production of the week. Uh, I, I'm going to let you start because I, I think we'll start funny before serious uh, in this one. And which one did you pick this week? Yeah, I, you know, I had to get my chicken riggies and I'm a big Marvel Universe superhero movie guy. So when I saw Coach Fasciano and the, and the pioneers of Utica pull this kind of Avengers type of thing, once again, homecoming game. They're debuting some new uniforms, uh, and they, they put together a pretty clever um, production to, to highlight that. Where are the guys at? Let's go already. It's homecoming. What's going on? Coach. Coach. On your left. This is all we got. Pioneers assemble. Yeah, bro, get up. It's time to work. Oh. Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. This, you know what? I, the thing, okay, after a 17-point comeback against Union last week and everything else, it could have been a disaster coming into uh, this week's game and everything. And uh, it, it, the personality, the sense of humor, uh, you can tell what's uniting that team this season. Nate Palmer plays like he's six foot six when he's like almost a foot shorter than six foot six out there, and yeah. it, it, it they're just. You see them after a touchdown. Maybe the celebration is a little audacious. I, I'm not going to lie, but at the same time, hey, they're having fun out there and everything <laughs> yeah, else. So they are having fun this season, and we've been waiting for Utica to do that for a while. Now, on a more serious note, 
stay the hell out of Division Two. You don't belong there, guys. I, and tell your president you don't belong in Division One in hockey either. Enough with the stupidity. With RPI trying the same thing, folks. Enough with trying to go up when your school is doing just fine in Division Three. Define yourself in the division you're in, ultimately. That's my little side note. We, do, we hate to lose a school like Utica from our uh, family here in Division Three. We, we yeah. really would. And I might tick some people off by saying it the way I just did. But you know what? We've, we've been down this road before. We've seen it. And it's just not a comfortable or happy thing uh, to, for a lot of schools to end up doing this. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, in a very serious or more serious note, you know, a lot of people ask the question out there, and this goes to my video uh, choice, you know, 240 teams in Division Three. there's like five or six teams that seem to have maybe a chance to win the championship. It used to be only two for a while there, but so we're, we're increasing. But realistically, why are people that interested in the rest of them? Because, you know, there's no real balance of power in their minds. Why do, why do we care so much about you know, bringing out the highlights of all these games we do in crunch time and everything else uh, week to week of schools that aren't named Whitewater, Mount Union, uh, Lacrosse, I guess now, uh, too, and Mary Harden Baylor, etc. And honestly, it's a reminder to us, a video like what we're about to see, of why we do do it. It's entitled Football is Life. Basically, since before I can remember, I think I had a football in my hand and just joining this team was probably the best decision I've made. We kind of built a bond that is unbreakable at this point. For me it's a family thing, you know, going out there and just saying I'm representing my family, my hometown, and now Endicott too. So I want to go out there and give it my all and I don't want to let my teammates, my family or anyone else down. Football's always been a kind of an escape for me, like on or off the field. I've always struggled in the classroom. It's just been who I am. I'm not a great test taker or writer, but on the field, like any problem I've had, like it always just seems to go to the back of my mind. And on the field, I can kind of just be free and do something I feel like I excel at. Walking out before a game, it's an unmatched feeling. You're in cloud nine. You feel like you're untouchable. You're running out there. You worked all week for one goal, for like one single thing to win and to play great. Getting to know, I mean, 140 guys, I'd never tell you. I'd have 140 extra friends. And the bonds we've built along the way are just, I'm so grateful we have. Coach McGonigal stresses our beach culture, and what that pretty much means is believe, effort, attitude, compete, and humble. And I think all of those things put together makes you a great leader. Whenever I make a big play, I just, my body just, kind of gets out of, out of his shell. He was just uncontrollable, you know what I mean? It's just so much emotion. Football means everything to me because I definitely think this is like a whole blessing to even play this game. And I just thank God all the time like that. Who would have known like I would be able to stay focused, stay the course, do the right things to make me be in the situation I am right now. So I don't take this for granted at all. Every day I tell myself, our coaches had to tell us like, hey, you get to be here, you get to do this. You don't got to do this, you get to do it. You know? So I definitely try to soak every day in because like, I know one day this will probably not be here no more. So to always do everything with class. You know, like in life, you're gonna have wins, you're gonna have losses.
Well done by our friends wow. at Endicott College. Uh, Sean Medeiros, thanks for uh, letting us use that uh, as well. Uh, but it's, uh, it's just a good reminder, I think, out there of what these yeah. football programs mean. They're playing it for the love of the game. This is why we're here, why we're showcasing the student-athletes. And a lot of t- people ask the question about, you know, D3Football.com kind of has more of a coach-centric approach generally on uh, their interviews, and that's their choice. And I'm sure. part of that organization, too, especially in the playoffs. But we've, we decided a long time ago... The players are the ones we want to showcase, and they never seem to let us down. They really don't. We had Coach Raby on today, obviously, with the big game coming up, but we love having the student-athletes, especially in the post-game interviews and everything else now, on our show. So thanks, Sendicott, for encapsulating that very well. Well, JB. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, rough weekend, Frank. But, hey. You said 15. We're going to pick 15 games in 12 minutes. Let me make sure they're all there. That- 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. So you better uh, be uh, good and tight here on uh, your choices, okay? So uh, last okay. week you started. So this week I guess I have to start. So uh, I'm going to put the first game up. And it's the mascot game uh, of the week, we'll call it. And then we'll perhaps get a little music in the background, you know, if we get a little atmosphere here. You like it? You getting pumped there? Oh, yeah. Boston Spa theme song. <laughs> I don't think so. Westcon at Mass Dartmouth. I start. Clock goes. Uh, I'm going to say that while Westcon always seems to give fits to teams in in the MassCAC every year, no matter what, I'm going to go Mass Dartmouth continuing their role here. And Dante Avila Santos is going to play 60 minutes at the end football again. Damn football. Yes, indeed. I, I like that pick, Frank. I will go with the Corsairs as well. I'll say 35-21. And I'll say 30-17, actually, will be my guess on that one. Uh, You go this time with Delaware Valley at Stevenson. Man, well, I was a little worried about the Aggies' offense until last weekend. So Mustangs look good, but it still feels like the Aggies are the team to beat. I I think this is going to be a low-scoring defensive game. Nobile, Nobile, whatever his name is, (laughs) makes a couple of big sacks. Aggies win 17-14. Mustangs have been preparing to try to beat Delaware Valley and win the MAC for years. I, I used to go down there to help out with some yeah. basketball things. Fred Adams, their uh, athletic director, and I talked about it. They're trying to form a program that's going to be the MAC champion, and they've just not been able to reach through and get there. This is the time that I believe they might have the horses <laughs> to do it again. And we, how many times have we abused that? Uh, yeah, it's twice in the same show. Uh, Stevenson pulls the upset here with the inconsistency of DelVal by the score of 31-24. How about drinking from the uh, cup? Is that uh, what it was? Yeah. Uh, the mug. Well, the mug. Drink from the mug. That's right, Ryan Jones from back one. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Coast Guard at Norwich. Um, you know... If I had McMillions dollars uh, at this point, I would put put it on Coast Guard because McMillian is probably not a one-hit wonder after his five touchdowns last week. It's going to give Norwich some fits. I pick Coast Guard in this game, 27-20. 
Yeah, I mean, McMillian sort of took the nation by storm, um, but Norwich played Endicott real close last weekend, and so they have a tough defense. But I still, I'll go with the Bears in a in a tough one. I see like twenty-one to seventeen. We're doing well time-wise, but this moment might hang us up a little bit. Ithaca and Hobart, go ahead, buddy. Uh, this is the old heart head game. Um, I I predicted this on my blog. I think Ithaca will win seventeen to thirteen. Um, I know the Bombers are really confident. They think they're going to blow the Statesman off the field. I don't think that's going to happen. But the Bombers have too many fifth and fourth year seniors on that roster. AJ Wingfield. I want to pick Hobart, man, but I, I really feel like this is the Bombers' year, unfortunately. I, I guess we have the reverse. Uh, Mary Harden Baylor, Wisconsin Whitewater scenario going here, where we're going to pick the same team but have completely different score approaches. At it. I think Ithaca is the class right now of the Liberty League and will continue to roll here. Uh, that RPI game last year is still sitting on their minds. Uh, that you can easily drop one if you take your eye off any one of these games along the way to the Yankee Stadium in this case. I'm going to say yeah. Ithaca wins this game 37-21. Okay, we had on Coach Raby. It's time to talk about Morrisville State at Cortland State. And um, again, you know, the heart head scenario here too. Part of me really would like to see Coach Raby's team pull through here with the storybook season they've had Absolutely. so far. But, come on, there's just too many weapons at Cortland for this game to go Morrisville State's way, I think. Uh, hey, if it flips around and I lose this game, I'm not going to be upset one bit, though. I'll tell you, these are two great yeah. teams, friends of our show for years. So we're going to say, Cort or I'm going to say at least, Cortland State wins this 35-20. Uh, 35-17, actually. 35-17. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, the Dragons are just a little too loaded. Um, this is their year, I think. Um, and Morrisville's had a great season, and they'll definitely be in the conversation throughout the Empire 8 this year. Maybe they'll go as a Pool C. Maybe they'll go as an ECAC Bowl uh, champion. But I think Red Dragons take it probably 42-27. to 27. Let's go to part one of the uh, Leaders of the Pack special we're doing this weekend, Case Western Reserve at Grove City. You start. Wow, this is going to be interesting because I know Drew Saxon, when he's on, can have big games, great offense there with the Spartans. But Grove City also, <laughs> they're, they're putting up a ton of points. This is a tough game. I wish I had researched this a little more before we did these picks. But, you know, I think I'll take I, – I, I said Case was my sort of team to watch in the pack. I'll take I'll take the Spartans in a close one, though, 27-24. Um, Big homecoming atmosphere coming up here at Grove City. I'll be driving through the parade possibly uh, on my way to getting into town. And so I'm going to say that home cooking works here to get them the big win. Uh, Grove City wins at 31-25. And let's continue now with part two of the Leaders of the Pack special we've got going on. Westminster at Carnegie Mellon. This is tough. Uh, and I was uh, chatting with Ian Barr last night a little bit. And uh, they are looking forward to this game. There's no doubt. And they know this could be a very low-scoring game, defensive affair, because they have two great defenses. Now, having said that, I'm going to give a slight edge to the offense of Westminster to pull through in that with Kolkanichka and company. I just think that they have a little bit more muster to be able to get through in this game. 
Westminster wins 14-10. Okay, interesting. Well, <clears throat> I know that um, you know Carnegie Mellon was a little you know slighted when Westminster was picked to win the pack in the preseason. They're at home. Defense is going to rule the day. I think this actually could be like a 10-7, kind of like the RPI game you saw a couple weeks ago. But I'm going to take the Tartans in a close one uh, at home. I, and very fair. I mean, again, it, we're calling a close game, which means it could go either way in this situation. This, this one's a total toss-up, yeah. Uh, this was a toss-up that we didn't necessarily expect it to be a toss-up coming into the season. Your sign is at Susquehanna. Yeah. You go. Well, yeah, the Riverhawks have... <clears throat> been on a roll. They're undefeated. Um, your sinus obviously, you know, took Hopkins to the limit. They they beat Muhlenberg. This is a potential Centennial Conference Championship deciding game. Um, I like the Bears, but I just feel like Susquehanna is on a mission. They've been this close to getting over that hump, and this might be their year. So I'll take them at home. Maybe it's their homecoming too. Um, maybe. 35 to 28 higher scoring game but i think the river hawks will pull it off what i love about our show is that i can say about two schools that we wouldn't normally feel like we would have a player from a team on we've had the quarterbacks from both teams on our show over the last uh, year year and a half uh, years, of the yeah. show so uh jack pasinska and michael roosh i believe uh in susquehanna's column and i'm gonna get the edge to susquehanna here they've i uh, you had some inconsistent play, to say the least, but who hasn't in the Centennial Conference this year? It's just been a real head-scratcher of sorts. Susquehanna, yep. gave that slight edge, too, because I think they got enough offense to get through on that scoreboard to win this game by the final score of 34-24. Next up, we're going to Region 3. It's Barry at Birmingham Southern, and I'm going to pick... Barry here. I think that Wisconsin-Whitewater game taught them a lot about themselves. And on the road, it will be tough, but I think that they're going to get an edge here again with a low-scoring game. Barry wins 16-10. Well, I'm going to go with the Yeah Panthers under the lights at home. Um, I think they'll barely squeak out a win, but it's, it's going to be a close call. But I think the home team will, will outlast the, the Vikings in a close call. Let's say, like, 21 to 17. I think six to go here. We got to be quick. Bellhaven at Methodist. Hit it. Uh, Blazers bounce back. They win big 35 to 17. Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing here. 27 17 in favor of Bellhaven. DePaul at Denison. Uh, you know what? I, I The Denison highlights are tremendous, and thanks to Wabash for that uh, good production to present it uh, in a very fair manner, too. But yeah. DePaul has just been lights out on defense. Three straight shutouts coming into this game. And so DePaul, I will give the edge to on this one. By a final score of 21-10. Yeah, I guess you have to go with the experience. And they've been to the playoffs. They know what the national scene is like. Denison barely won against a 500 Wabash team. I'll go with the Tigers also. Let's say 28-17. to Almeida Trine. Thunder rolls big at home. There'll be a big crowd, maybe four or five thousand people at that one. I like them twenty-one to fourteen. Yeah, trying I think is uh, going to show the class of the MIAA here and uh, maybe catch some national attention poll-wise here. I'm going to give trying the edge on uh, this one, thirty-five twenty. Up next, big one, Wheaton at North Central. 
I'm going to start this. I'm going to say it's going to be a closer game than people think. And maybe that's a good thing, as I say in quick hits for North Central, because this is going to be their only test, mm -hmm. I feel, between now and the playoffs. For as much as we talk about Mount Union having this issue, no real tests, especially with their out-of-conference schedule, uh, North Central at least scheduled well in the out-of-conference, or tried to, and yeah. you know, then ends up with this game early in the season. What, game three for them, though? I, I, so the rest of the season is going to be a cakewalk, I think, for them. They need a good test. Yeah. I think Wheaton will provide the test uh, by a final score of 17-14, North Central. Yeah, I'll, I'll take North Central also. I just think, you know, Greenfield and company, just too much offense will put them over the top. But it'll be lower scoring, say, like 21 to 10. Going to go out of order here. I actually want to go to this one next, which is a uh, West Coast game. Pacific Lutheran at George Fox. Go ahead. Well, you know, Fox is undefeated, right? They're, they keep finding ways to win games. Pac Lou uh, lost a close one to Cal Lutheran. So I'm going to go with, with uh, GFU, Frank. See what I did there? <laughs> uh, 21 to 10. <laughs> You didn't just oh do God. that. You did not I just, just do dad that. Jokes for, dad jokes for days over here, man. Oh, my. Uh, I'm going George Fox as well by the final score of 24-20 in this game. I'll just leave it at that. And now the Lewandowski Bowl. It's Whitewater at lacrosse. Um, you know, there's a little bit of bad blood here now, I think, after this whole transfer situation and whatnot. So... Uh, I, I still am going to give Whitewater the edge, but how big is this game ultimately when you think about what it could mean to pull C for this country? It just yeah. start there in the WEAC standings and everything else. Is this where the implosion we got a question, begins? We got a question on Twitter from a fan. is like, If Whitewater win, loses this game, can they still make the playoffs? And theoretically, if they go 8-2, and two, I would say yes. So maybe it's not an elimination game for them per se, but for lacrosse, it, it could be. I don't know. Uh, look, they're going to have some outstanding numbers uh, in the out of conference, yeah. the out of conference schedule they played, St. John's, etc. Uh, Mary Harden Baylor, their their numbers are going to rock because the WEX numbers rock yeah. too, and that plays into it. So eight and two Whitewater, yes, can get in based on the losses they would be absorbing if it was. St. John's in lacrosse. Let's say if that were the case, yes. If it was St. John's in Oshkosh, yes, they could still get in. But they can't drop multiple mm. games here. So why would you want to start off with a loss sure. this early? I'm giving Whitewater the edge here uh, in a very tough game to pick. I will say uh, hmm, 2017 Whitewater. You going for the upset? This is... It, it it's it's tempting. It's tempting. I know it is. I will go with, with the tried and true 28 to 24 score, and I, I think the Warhawks will hang in there. So you're going with Whitewater, my friend. I'm wearing that, purple. What can I say? Yeah, good point. And that is our lightning predictions round for week five. This this is fun. It's, you know, Saturday for me is going to be fun. With respect to the travel and everything else, and it's a lot of travel, no doubt, uh, this weekend for me. And yeah. there'll be games eight and nine of the season at that point. And at some point, I may be taking a week off, folks. I'm going to warn you right now because this does get to be a lot. But it's fun. We wouldn't be doing it if we didn't enjoy it. We'll send JB out on the road for a game. How's that sound? 
Yeah. Well, I just you know, I'm I'm kind of taking care of my uh, my son right now. So worst case scenario, I'll just have to pack him in the bag and, and bring him up with me. He can. Uh, he's he's kind of a, a a video expert. Maybe he can he can shoot some stuff for us. <laughs> Child protective. He was joking. Just just so you know, <laughs> he's not packing yeah, yeah, his son yeah. in a bag. But uh, listen, I uh, give you the viewing options or viewing approach uh, that you're going to take this weekend uh, to help guide people. What what are you going to watch? How? Uh, this weekend I mean yeah you're gonna need like every device in your house to watch all these games I mean <laughs> starting off pretty early on I'd say that you know Del Val Stevenson is, is going to be sort of must see uh, you've got the you know the Cortland Morrisville game Hobart Ithaca's at one o'clock uh, then you've got some these games starting at two and then you got the night games with uh, Barry and um, Birmingham Southern, I think also the, the Little Brass Bell games, a night game. There's going to be great football on from noon until basically like 9, 10 o'clock. It's going to be a 10-hour run of some fantastic games, conference championship caliber games, top 25 caliber games. This is a huge weekend for, for Division Three. It's going to be a lot of fun to see how it shakes out. And it's great that it's spreading out a little bit in terms of the schedule. The games uh, will be yeah. varying times of kickoff throughout the country still, even though we're getting into the colder period of uh, the season little by little here. So, uh, you know, kudos to everybody on how they are scheduling things. The fact that the pack uh, and company uh, got these games scheduled at 2 and 7 for the Grove City and the Carnegie Mellon hosting of games uh, is yeah. a good thing. It allows us to spot this and say, hey, as long as these teams keep winning, and look like they're going to be the class of the pack this season, then let's go to both games. So kudos to Joe and company in the pack and uh, to the schools themselves for scheduling this way. So week five is going to be a big one in the East. Uh, but, uh, you know, speaking about big ones in the East, uh, Hurricane Ian uh, is still ravaging uh, this country. Uh, it is possible we, it, they could still affect things on Saturday in terms of weather as it starts to quickly move up the coast. And so stay yeah. safe out there. Uh, you know, if games get postponed, don't be mad, be, but, you know, be thankful that people are making the right decisions along the way. And that's in all divisions, not just Division Three. So hopefully everybody in Florida is okay. Uh, I, obviously they're not. They're, we did suffer some uh, deaths, I know. But, uh, you know, the grand majority of people did hopefully make it through. Uh, stuff can be replaced. Bridges can be rebuilt mm. uh, and everything else out there. So be thankful this weekend. Thankful for some good football. Thankful for the, uh, your safety and the safety of your uh, loved ones. And we will see you throughout the weekend on Twitter. And then crunch time next week as week five transitions into week six. The season's flying by. And that will be the halfway point of this uh, regular season right there. See you, folks. <laughs>